The Cupole Podcast is brought to you by the Bitbox O2 Hardware Wallet by ShiftCrypto.ch. If you want to save your skin and get your coins off the exchange and not suffer as many others have as these crypto exchanges are blowing up and people are losing their Bitcoin, then be wise and get yourself a Bitbox O2 Hardware Wallet. Secure your own keys on your signing device. Use the code BMS get 5% off on all Shift Crypto products. And if you're tired of hearing these ads, you can head on over to qpaul.substack.com to listen to my podcast ad-free. Thank you. You need to embrace capitalism. It is this hope which is the lever of progress. My favorite Fed. To keep one's reactions warm and true. They attack us because we're over there. Is to have found the secret of perpetual youth. Man, you're too pretty to be a libertarian. And perpetual youth is salvation. And are we working? We're working. Rello, are you working? I think so. Are you in? Yep, I'm working. Okay, you're working. Cool. Um, salutations, ladies and gentlemen, for the fourth time in a row, because we will not break tradi- tra- tradition here. We have Rello McFlugel on of Liberty Mugs and the Rello and Slappy Show, and we do this every Christmas time season of, of sorts. But before we get into that, um, uh, well, thank you for listening to Q Paul, the Q Paul podcast, QPOL, standing for the quiet parts out loud. Uh, today we're not covering, well, maybe we will, but this is kind of a loose, loosey goosey kind of. I mean, we're going to talk about libertarian shit. We'll, we'll probably get into macro and geopolitics and culture, but yeah, we, I just didn't want to break tradition. I don't know really how it started, but we've kept it going. So. We're just going to talk about fucking whatever. Uh, before we go any further, shout out to the Bitbox O2 by ShiftCrypto.ch. Use the promo code uh, Bitcoin Made Simple. And get a discount. And it's just crazy. And SBF might be dead. So we don't know. But all the, exchange are bl- all the exchanges are blowing up. So don't be a retard and take your coins off the exchange. And uh, you won't lose your money. So, Rolo, what's up, dude? How's it going? Um, I didn't realize this was the fourth year already, but it's not Christmas. It's a presidency. Unless we do this episode. It's not. Christmas is canceled if we don't do this show. Right. So, yeah, another year. Uh, thank you for having me on and, and uh, not breaking with tradition. And uh, we're kind of cut. Well, not cutting it too close. It's, it's a couple days before Christmas, but... Um, are you uh, are you done your Christmas shopping? I literally just started and finished today. So yes, nice. yeah, I got the old man some Titleist uh, uh, number two golf balls, and got my mom candles as always, and I got my little brother a Academy like a sports and outdoors warehouse gift card, and I bought me some new running shoes, some Brooks. Always go Brooks. But, uh, oh, also, because I'm prone to run too much and hurt myself, 
like almost a year ago, I got a subscription to where I'm paying like 70 bucks a month, like losing money. But every month that I pay, I get a credit for Hand and Stone, which is like a spa. And I was going for sport massages. Those credits I, I don't use, though. I just use them as gifts. So mom and dad nice. get, a, get a massage on top of the crap that, that I get them. So don't say I didn't get you shit, mom and dad. What about you? You had to work for it. Yeah, you had to work for for those gifts. So no, uh, no shame there. Well, I mean, your parents do so much for you over the years. I, I like to not think of it that way. But and what what, what about right. you? How do you treat your folks? Um. So my parents are really hard to shop for. Um. They don't want that much, and uh, it's pretty common. Yeah, and and uh, I don't want to just get them like stupid junk or whatever, and um, and so they they actually sold their house. Um, they have a house down the shore, um, and uh, they sold their house up closer to uh, where where the rest of us live, and they put their bedroom set at my house, and then now they're moving in uh, with my brother, so they'll stay with my brother over the winter down the shore for the summer and everything. Um, so they're trying to like not have a lot of stuff, and so like nice. you know it's it's like, what do you get? And last year I got him a um like a a carving from this Ukrainian uh place for it was like a, a, a religious thing, um, and that worked really well. That was good. So, um, but this year I decided to buy them an olive tree, um, which is kind of. <laughs> Kind of a different thing, but I know... Keep it like, in the family. Know, they're going to be doing a lot of work at my brother's house, getting it um, more livable, if you will. And, uh, and so I think it would be a good thing to, uh, you know, because I don't, I don't know how much they're going to be, like, decorating and stuff and adding that that sort of thing. But it'll be nice to have more life in the house and, like, a, you know, a little thing that, uh, that'll be interesting to take care of, give them, give them something to do a little bit to, to care for this tree. So um, I think they'll like it. They like my, uh, I've been uh, buying and planting a lot of fruit trees at my house. And um, I've got a couple uh, more tropical trees, like a caracara uh, orange and a Meyer lemon and a coffee tree and a, and a bay laurel that you bring them inside, you keep them potted and you can bring them inside during the winter. And they're always like, so fascinated by them, so I think it'll be uh, be good for him. But unfortunately, like what happens a lot of Christmases, I order stuff at the last second, and this is supposed to get delivered on December twenty sixth. So, <laughs> well, probably won't be there in time. But uh, I just make sure that my nephews have their gifts on Christmas. The adults and everyone else, like you know, you could deal you could deal with uh, with a late gift. Um. So, I'm guessing yeah, one you. More shot. One, what's that? I was gonna say I'm guessing that you just got your nephew's Bitcoin. No, I didn't. So I get them Bitcoin for their birthdays and for uh, religious um, things like their baptism and their first communion. But Christmas, like Christmas, you're a little kid. You want toys and stuff. Okay, they're a little. Um, I think we had this conversation last year, so. Yeah, but uh, but this is actually a pretty practical gift I'm giving them this year. Um, I'm giving them fishing reels, 
So um, they're uh, how old? Are they? Like ten, eight, and six. And um, when we're down the shore, we do a lot of fishing down there. And they're usually using the fishing rods that my brothers and I bought for like 15 bucks when we were a little bit older than they were. And they're kind of like, the reels are falling apart. They're, they're in bad shape for, for the amount of money we spent on them. And for how many years of, of service we got, it was, it was fantastic. But, um, it's at the point where it's like, all right, they, they should have a little bit better stuff. And it worked out because my brother ended up, uh, getting them some, some rods, um, for Christmas. So they'll get the rods and probably be like, ah, well, this is only like half of it. And then they'll come over to my house for with when, cause I'm hosting Christmas at my house and I'll get the rods. Oh, cool. Good, uh, good one, two punch for them. So, uh, yeah, they were like the one gift I bought it in the summer because I kind of noticed this was a, like these reels were trash and I'm like, you know what? This will be a good gift. So usually my problem is throughout the year, I'll think of a great Christmas gift for someone and be like, well, I'll remember and, five months and I never do. So, uh, I need to do this more often and, uh, just buy it on the spot when I think of it and hold it. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's great, dude. Like that is a gift that actually does keep on giving, like buying practical shit that they will keep and they will use. instead of some yeah. plastic piece of shit that they just throw away because it's fiat. Yeah. And, and, and they're, they're decent. They're for anyone that knows the stuff they're, they're pen reels. So it's, it's a good, it's a good reel. And I, I mean, I didn't buy them high end reels, but you know, something that's, that's decent, that's serviceable for anyone. But as someone I, I, I read in the, uh, in the reviews for it, it said like, this is a great, great reel for your kid who you're not worried about dropping in the sand. <laughs> are, are they're spinning so, reels or bait casters? Uh, bait casters. Okay, cool. Because my one brother uh, dropped one of my reels in uh, in the sand and ended up destroying some of the gears in there. I had to do uh, buy some replacement parts and everything. But yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you know, you're doing surf. We do mostly surf fishing off the beach, so there's there's plenty of opportunities for it to get dipped in the salt water or dunked in the sand. So. Um, but uh, and also it's it's since they're pen reels it'll be good you know their parts are always available for them so if you do if they do get broken or something or a part breaks you know you can easily easily buy replacement parts. Hell yeah, dude! I miss fishing. Uh, I grew up going on. We had a coast house. Sold it when I was I think the senior year of high school, maybe later. But just all off the Gulf of Mexico, inshore. Fishing the back lakes, waiting, drifting, uh, drifting the bay, just great stuff. And like artificial, I think is the way to go. It's fun chunking bait, but you know, playing with the different colors and tricking the fish and and just seeing what what sticks. Like that's really, I think, where the sport really comes into it. I'm not much of an artificial guy. For whatever, like every once in a while, I'll throw a spoon out. Or uh, or something like Spoons that. Spoons are good. They, that weight gets you a lot of distance. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I'm usually usually uh, I mean, if I can get my hand, sometimes minnows if I'm if if the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, because like actually fishing off the beach, like you need the that bait most of the time. I would guess. Yeah. That because that's what I people yeah. see people doing, or like off the jetty or whatever, they're using bait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just uh, speaking of drifting around the bays, I just bought 
this past summer, uh, I bought one of the a Hobie kayak, one of the pedal kayaks. Dope, right? dope. So I've been cruising around the back bays and that. It's that's it's fantastic. Now it's a doxy. How far away are you from the water? Because you're in Philly, right? Uh, yeah, I'm outside of Philly. Um, I'm about and a just like full disclosure, I think I told you that I've never fucking been on the East Coast other than Florida. Uh, you gotta come up. Actually, Philly is a pretty good city now. Um, you should come up, and I'll. Uh, heck, you can stay in my house, hang out. For Hell a yeah. Bit. Uh, but yeah, I'm about two hours um from the shore in South Jersey, and uh, the house my parents have. They're you know a couple blocks from the beach, a couple blocks from the bay, and they got a kayak launch on the bay. So uh, I could just walk, put the kayak on the uh, little uh wheels, blow up wheels, and just drag it back to the bay you know 10 15 minute walk get in the water cruise around get through the uh all the jet ski wake <laughs> <laughs> yeah which which i learned so so right where they have the kayak launch is where they have uh kind of like this big wide open area in the bay and there's a couple like rental places and everything and they have the buoys lined up so there's this big circle for the jet skis to go around for the rentals. And I learned the hard way about trying to make my shortest distance from the channel uh, back to the uh, back to the kayak slip um, through the middle of this circle. Because even though the jet skis are small and they don't make really any wake themselves, when there's five of them churning around in the circle over and over again, yeah. <laughs> uh, the middle of that circle gets super choppy, and it's really not great for a 12-foot kayak. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, I, I, learned, I learned the hard way um, about that the one year. It, it was a little tenuous getting in, but I made it. But <laughs> Those jet skiing assholes. No, they were just doing their thing. I was yeah. an idiot. I don't blame them. I don't know. It's just, it's so funny. It it seems like beyond your years, like that sounds like something like a boomer would like complain about at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, there are, there are like just real like huge jerks that are in boats. Yeah. They just like don't care. And I think they almost get kicks out of being like, oh, well, here's a kayak. Let me just not slow down or acknowledge that he's there and try to just rip him with some wake. Um, actually there's the one sightseeing boat that they have down there. It's an old like world war two PT boat. Huh? So it's a, it's a boat. It's a real, it's a real boat and it, it's got some kick to it. And it was the first day, first time I took this kayak out and I'm kind of getting my bearings with it. Not very comfortable in it yet. And I see this this boat coming down, and I'm like, "All right, here he comes," and he doesn't really slow down at all. And uh, he's all of a sudden, I like turn around. There's like three foot wake, and I have to like kind of like do the pedal, you know, turn the rudder real quick and get the pedal so I can fit. And you know, I tested tested the uh, some of the limits of the kayak right away, and like the dude's staring at me the whole time, and everyone's like looking at me in the boat. <laughs> waving at me like oh hey we're waving at everyone in boats and i'm like you know probably have my eyes are as big as saucers <laughs> hoping i don't flip over or something 
But every time, like all the other, like the, the party boats for fishing and all the sightseers, when they're going through this channel, you know, they slow down. They're not making any wake because, you know, there's a bunch of people that are drifting around for flounder in there. And it's, you know, it's a courtesy. But no, every time this guy just rips right through and and just stares you in the eyes while he's doing it well yeah i mean that's similar to like people on, on motorcycles how they just like hey fuck all you cars that are parked in this lane at the red light and just gonna like go in front of you and, and yeah there are there's also something like if you're like driving a giant ass boat people on it like you have to be like more cautious about people that you run over whereas people on jet skis or motorcycles they have like that smaller like faster accelerative advantage whatever mm -hmm. but yeah parallel there <laughs> anyway dude um let's talk about some real shit so i mean yeah, people don't want to hear about my kayak stories <laughs> uh i mean i do i that value is subjective okay so i can't speak for them <laughs> that's true <laughs> um you probably talk about this a lot but what the whole ftx thing i brought like a twitter thread on it and i have a, a whole complete different theory uh but what you know, from beginning to end, question mark. What are you thinking? Well, we talked a little bit about this on the Rollins Slappy Show, um, and it's one of those things where we didn't really talk about Sam Bankman Freed or FTX because it was just one of those things where it's just this is just another casino garbage piece of crap. That like, yeah, I'm not going to really like put much effort into it because if you're going to ask me like, well, what do you think about FTX? I'd be like, don't use it. It's garbage. It's crap. Um, and then once it all starts collapsing and, uh, you know, all this stuff comes out about how poorly managed it was and, and how much of a clown SBF is. And it's like, well, wait a second. This is all like instantly coming out about this exchange and this guy. It, it, so, like, if it's all instantly available, that means it was always there. And either people just didn't bother to do any sort of due diligence on this, or they saw it and they just didn't care. And I think it's more of the latter. I think everyone, like, this was so obvious. Like, you see any interview that he did, you could see that, like, this guy's on speed or something, and just, Even before like, it collapsed, like any interview, like yeah, before, right? Yeah, the one where he's just like shaking in the chair, and and then he's just has every single stupid woke agenda that you can think of. He's a vegan, wants to save the environment, you know, LGBTQ, whatever, RSTL stuff. That he like every single stupid thing that like just everything's a red flag. And and no one, none of the adults in the room, if you will, were like, well, wait a second. This seems like a clown show. So it's just, it just shows how just sick and terrible this whole current system is that, you know, you can get this guy who's just running the most obvious scam there is. And the current CEO who's managing the bankruptcy and all that stuff, where he's just like, this was just a total scam. And this guy, like, this is all ridiculous and insane. It was always out in the open if you cared to look. My excuse is I didn't care to look because I already brushed it aside as a, as a stupid scam, just like all the other ones. But for people that were, like, talking about it and giving it the time of day and, and putting their money into it, like, 
either you're in on the scam or you're just a freaking idiot. So, like, and you, and you mentioned in the beginning the dude might be dead. It doesn't matter if he's dead or not because nothing's going to, like, what difference does it make? Is is he going to get called to the carpet? Is he going to, is there going to be any sort of, like, actual, um, you know, uh, awakening of all the normies out there associated with this stuff or the, or, you know, the Jim Cramers and, and all these other guys that are going to be like, well, let's actually learn from this. No, it's just all going to be, you know, they're going to have their narrative and they're going to say their narrative and they're going to pump what, it, so it, it just, I, I just, uh, um, so it's all so tiresome and I just don't care. And I, yes, I will take my victory laps and dunk on it but otherwise like whatever you know the next thing's gonna come out and people are gonna send their money to it i'm gonna say no that's stupid don't do it and they're gonna say no no no, you don't understand this is a blah 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 fine lose your money have fun staying poor that's my take on it (laughs) yeah no i i don't disagree i think on the surface it's tiring i think what's interesting a lot of aspects but how you have your jim kramers or whoever pointing out oh this is fraud and they laundered money and there weren't any reserves or like whatever. And you've heard people say this, what I'm about to say, but it's like, oh, well, it's ironic because that's exactly how the actual financial system works. But it's just kind of like how they point out like this red herring thing to make themselves like they're, they're projecting in a way to like point the finger at this to hide how the current system actually works. And which in, in by, in concept, I think there is some good in actual commercial banking. Uh, there just there needs to be more decentralized power w- within it. But yeah, this thing again is just a uh, it was a honeypot, an excuse for more regulation. I don't really know how much is going to come, and and if this even opens up more, I mean there will be more opportunities, but easier opportunities for people to do these exchanges again or if it's going to be as easy because like this is arguably i think the story financial collapse story ponzi story of the decade because you go into what it was doing laundering democrat money sent to ukraine and back to ftx and i'm a big follower of tom longo everybody's just is tired of me talking about this on the show but he's inspired the way that i've been thinking and inspired the thread and Substack that I read about this. But I think that this was basically, as I call, and he calls the Davos crowd, the World Economic Forum people, they are basically trying to destroy the way that we see and understand modern-day capitalism. It's not the best method. It's not Rothbardian, laissez-faire, Misesian, whatever. But we would still prefer to have capitalism as we know it and the preservation of the creation of private capital through commercial banks by issuing loans. Instead, like we would rather have that instead of what the WEF wants, what Davos wants, which is to destroy the two-tier system of commercial banks entirely and have a CBDC issued from the central bank. Because that's ultimately what they want, because that is the way that they have their lever of power. Running out of time. Maybe running out of time. I didn't fucking... Yeah, I just saw that pop up. I, I didn't record. that too. Are you kidding me? It ends even if I don't record. Holy shit. Wow. 
Wow. You start a new one. Dude, I this didn't fucking happen for like two years. Even like when Kathy Wood, maybe it's because I was on the Coinbeast Zoom account and they paid for it. But even before that, like even as Kathy Wood was like, when when her pants like got pulled down when she was like the same thing happened to her on like a CNBC interview or whatever the fuck that was. Like during those times, I didn't have to worry about this. But anyway, going back to what I was talking about, of how like old oligarch European money globalists want to take out whatever is left of American capitalism. I think that FTX was a front for that because we already have like offshore dollars being created, which is actually being fixed because ironically, like the Federal Reserve and PAL is kind of like giving us the collapse that we need in the economy, but he's also destroying the way that they can leverage all these dollars because interest rates are going up, meaning that their debt is going up. So they can't just willy-nilly print all this money beyond America's jurisdiction. But I think that they were using crypto, stablecoins, whatever, and using FTX as a means to do that as well. And so, in a sense, I think that the Fed, just out of survival, pure survival, they want to have the system where, and the banks to have their system where, they can survive, and they want to take out any competition available, period. And so I think that they coordinated with CZ Binance, who I think, you know, is deeply... Like, he's still a Chinese national, right? He grew up in Canada, but he's a, he's a Chinese national. But you have the Fed, who's against the Davos, these European commies, and you also have the BRICS nations who are against them. Like, you are having, like, this multipolar bifurcation of like geopolitical power splitting and so it only makes sense that there's a tacit coordination between the BRICS nations and i guess american sovereignists as gross as that sounds not calling them the good guys but the fed and the banks out survival are working against these european commies who actually want to destroy the global south because they think they're dirt people and they want their resources and they want to destroy the idea of American independence and the creation of private capital. And so they are running out of options, but I think that the whole Fed or that whole FTX thing was a takedown by the banking powers that be at on Wall Street or and and all of that, that apparatus. And so you had all like this wokeism that was in, in front of FTX. And like if you look into it, the whole efficient altruism or effective whatever the fuck it was called that's the same ideology that klaus schwab and his ilk like the same like thousand page books of the philosophers and psychos that they follow and so they basically are just malthusians and they want to destroy capitalism and just take control of all the creation of money and i think that ftx was just an outlet for that and sbf they don't, don't really give a shit about if he's dead or not he was just like the dumb kid that they could take advantage of, even though his parents are deeply connected and there are like Davos trolls within the American government. I mean, Gary Gensler is definitely one of them. Like he's not a friend of Bitcoin, Bitcoiners people that you're listening to hearing this. And he was deeply connected with SBF's family and his fucking girlfriend's family. Like, like their families are both like Stanford grads, uh, or are they no MIT grads, but like just the oligarch elite and 
the whole globalist idea out of Davos is all deeply connected to this. And I just think that they use FTX as a front for their money laundering creation to fund democratic globalists. And uh, they just had one of their pillars taken out by Team Fed, as I call them. So I know that's a really crazy thesis and it could be completely fucking wrong. But I think there's a lot more to this that people aren't talking about. I mean, basically every conspiracy theory that we've been talking about in the last five years has been proven true. So yeah, CIA I'm, killed I'm Kennedy, gonna, people. I'm not going to rule anything out at this point. But there are just so many moving parts, and there are so many— Like, we have the tendency to think as Bitcoiners, as libertarians, to think that it's like, oh, well, it's us, it's Bitcoiners, it's sound money advocates— against the state or against you know these you know these people and that, that it's like who were against is some monolithic organization that's acting all in unison against us but um and while they all may be acting against us they're not necessarily acting in unison or together exactly so like, i think what what you're saying and what tom longo saying um there's absolutely validity to it that just because um there's a lot of actors uh well well, you you have globalists and you have like american sovereigntists that don't want to lose their money making machine which are the banks you got commies and you got non-commies like i think it's really that simple and even the commies there are factions within them and they're willing to eat their own to survive I mean, everybody gets along in the mafia until somebody steps on someone else's salami. And that's what happened with, like, the Federal Reserve and the rest of the globalists. Because, like, Bernanke and Yellen are, like, scholarly, academic fucking blowhards that don't have any experience in markets or private equity. And there's a reason why they call pal private equity pal. And he's just trying to save his own skin. I think I give him too much credit, some might say. But I think that he is like an American sovereigntist where he's eighth generation Virginian aristocracy, the fucking people that funded the American Revolution and him like wanting to end the Fed put is fucking mind blowing. And I know that's hard for like libertarians like wrap their head around, like come to terms with. But uh, yeah, there are there is nuance in like who they are and what their incentives are. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm by no means an expert, and and you know this stuff way better than I do. But as someone who's just kind of looking at this from like a basic heuristic standpoint, it's like, yeah, you've got you've got like the globalists out there, um, and I think you can even separate like the globalists or whatever from like the BRICS nations, and there might be yes. some crossover there. And then you also have the you know the U.S. dollar advocates like, you know, the Fed guys that, you know, want sovereignty for the U.S. And, like, yes, while they're all don't really like Bitcoin, they're all fighting each other for power. And um, I think that especially maybe the guys, like the Fed guys... I, I think they'll like Bitcoin. Like, I think they will eventually be forced to put Bitcoin on their balance sheet or use it yes, as, like, they, the supreme source of collateral to survive. Right. I think they understand they need to use Bitcoin as a tool, especially the Fed guys and the BRICS nations. Maybe Absolutely. not necessarily the, the, the global. I think the, 
the globalists will be the last ones on this because yeah they hate that shit like the eu just like passed some fucking orwellian whatever thing for exchanges i think that the 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 world economic forum guys are the most like they're all evil but they are the most evil people and so they are the least likely to try to use bitcoin as a tool but i think the i think the the fed guys and the BRICS nations will recognize that in order to survive they will have to start using bitcoin they understand that like and more willing to admit or whatever or are just not totally consumed by whatever satanic um influences that they have that they'll be like well you know in order to survive the longest we're gonna have to you know use bitcoin in some way so it's uh it's it's funny because like all three of well i'm I'm naming three groups there could be more there could be fewer sure Uh, and and again i'm saying this as a as someone who hasn't followed this all that closely but mostly heard it from what what you've said about this stuff <laughs> but um i think they're all they're i'm all... i'm as much as an ignoramus as you are i just i just like okay. asking questions and see what happens yeah, also we got 30 seconds all... so yeah wrap can, up wrap and then i'll send you up. another link because fuck you zoom yeah. i can wrap this up in 27 seconds but i think they're i think all of three of these groups are all anti-bitcoin but they're all fighting each other for power and they all to some degree will recognize that they need to use Bitcoin to fight the other one. So it is just the perfect mouse trap that is Bitcoin. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a few seconds to spare. And done. This is your friendly reminder to rate, subscribe, review. They say the best things, they come in threes. Like rate, subscribe, review. If you rate it five stars, we can raise the bar. Subscribe so you can stay in tune. And don't forget at the very end to leave a nice review. Something like I love you, Sue. Rate, subscribe, review, please. Thank you. Well, you did or did not stop? I did not. Okay, cool. Me neither. All right, whatever. We stopped at like 33, okay, whatever. Uh, Let's just pick it up. We never went nowhere. Fuck you, Zoom. We, we never actually stopped, so. We never did actually stop. Uh, I have Leave the, this uh, in. I, you know, people like how the donuts are made. Oh, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> you might you might have a higher, uh, higher uh, uh, bar for professionalism than we do for the Ronald Slappy Show. Oh, it really depends. Um. <laughs> No, well, we have I'm no just, bar. I'm just going to cut the... <laughs> We're going. We're starting now. Yeah, dude. I mean, so... I think we touch everything that's really necessary on the SBF stuff. Uh, it's fucking wild. I just... Yeah, I, I mean... I want the Euro commies uh, to die. <laughs> I think if they're gone... I think gone, at the end of the day... Or at least if they're bankrupt, then... If they collapse, then that just makes our collapse that much more bearable. I think at the end of the day, you just have to remember, Bitcoin good, everything else bad. So just stick with Bitcoin. You know, stick to the plan. And I think you'll be okay in the end. It might be, you know, it might get difficult 
uh, you know, in the meantime, because they're going to, you know, they're not going to go down without a fight. But, um, you know, who are you going to align yourself with? I don't know. Whoever's running, running the same node software as you are. And so that's, you know, you know, run your node and, and, and control your keys and, you know, hunker down. Yeah, at the very least, control your keys because I'm like the shittiest Bitcoiner in the world. So I don't actually like run a node because I don't really give a shit. I know I should, but you know, whatever. But yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's 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 bare minimum. Own your keys. So there you go. There you go. Okay. Uh, what are your opinions on Elon? I think he's just trolling. Uh, I think he's testing the amount of bots there. And I think half of it, he's just kind of like winging it. But uh, the polls that he puts out, I think they're just to like, we're, I think we're skinny pigs, frankly. I think that's what's happening. What do you, what do you think about this? I well, also so, Twitter's like a much better place, like than what it was before. But yeah. So, so as an oil guy, I have to hate Elon for Tesla. <laughs> Not really. I got to care about that. Um, I oh, I think electric cars are stupid. Um but uh no. Um yeah. I think that I think he's a smart guy and you know, he's obviously taken a lot of criticism for a lot of stuff over the years like the uh the whole PayPal thing he wanted to run it on Windows or something. So he he might not be the 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 most savvy technical guy, but I think as far as being able to you know, have big picture views and run run businesses. He's probably pretty good at it, and um, he might have enough money and power that he just doesn't care about what anyone says and just wants to do his own thing. And whether or not his own thing aligns with my principles all that well. Um, I think that's a million times better than just falling in line with whatever the state apparatus, you know, wants. And this kind of like, oh, you got to march to whatever our, our, our orders are. So I'm overall here for what he's doing, even though, you know, he might not line up perfectly with whatever my, you know, libertarian Bitcoin political views are. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's just so everything's so insane because you have people freaking out and acting like Twitter's this, he's turned into this terrible place where there's no free speech, where like three seconds, like I'm on the Liberty Mugs account because the Robin McFlugel account got banned permanently because (laughs) I, I made a mild, a mild joke about transvestites we talked about this a year ago too (laughs) probably and i did recently appeal it and they came back and said no 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 we're you're you're suspended we're we're upholding this wait even after elon yes um interesting trainings are off limits people yeah it's fine like i when when i when i tried to open up twitter and it said you have been permanently banned. My reaction was I giggled. <laughs> so, you know, it's not a big deal for me. Whatever. Um, I can find the people 
that I care about on Twitter um, if I need to. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 I think, I think overall Elon is probably good. Um, even though he might do some goofier, weird stuff in the meantime. What do you think about it? I think people are overreacting, obviously. It's only been like two months since he's taken the helm. People's follower count has gone up because I I heard Scott Horton talk about this on part of the problem. And he's not the only one, of course. Uh, you have the first influx of people just like tweeting N-word. <laughs> like just, and he saw the screenshots <laughs> going around. That's expected, I I guess, but yeah, it's free speech. Um, the whole thing of him getting rid of people for doxing him, I think that's fine. Honestly, I don't, I don't, yeah, I didn't I go mean, that deep into it, but still, like, uh, the whole private company argument at the end of the day, like he's he's running it, so he can still make decisions. What's good is that there aren't any, as far as we know, there he fired all the CIA sleeper cells or whatever and the twitter files are just confirming our our uh, assumptions especially i i think and for tucker carlson to do a monologue about yeah the cia fucking killed kennedy so everything that you thought about this i'm just doing from what david smith talked about because i just listened to that episode but um but yeah like it's it's true everything that your boomer or gen x parents believed about the United States is a fucking lie. Like you have been lied to. They don't like you. For the most of them don't like you. There are good eggs in there. But it's just so corrupt and like my parents even say like yeah, it's corrupt. We don't know what to do. No one knows what to do. But as long as you have like this free speech dialogue and you have information on there and not everybody's being like that would major media for <clears throat> what's left of it we'll still try to gaslight people like truthers which are just like normal people uh not like 9-11 truth but like we would be considered i guess like radical right wing like truthers like whatever they want to call us but for these facts to come out and be in the public square and for people to not get called crazy for actually believing this and having there be credibility behind what the twitter files has revealed is fantastic because there's there's uh you know truth to power or whatever the fucking saying is so i think it's a win-win i think everybody makes mistakes as the ceo of the 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 spigot for not only the common man but just the mainstream media and 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 having twitter replace mainstream media because we saw that romeo or whatever the hell his name is host those twitter spaces and elon joining one day like out of the, the blue is completely in competition with the mainstream media other than T tucker carlson who has 20 million views each show but still like this is great and the more that we can have these conversations and we can have like our gutenberg machine which is twitter in the modern day that freedom of information spreading and educating people and enlightening them on what the truth or honesty really is, is basically the Achilles heel of Davos. And people like whatever platform, how big or small, 
you can actually make an impact by just hitting on the right pulse and finding the right people and having this information roam freely into, into the zeitgeist through the internet is basically how we win. Because Ryan Dawson talks about this all the time. And I used to be that, you know, fix money, fix the world. I still am. But when the state who's controlling the money also controls free speech, everybody's still left in the dark. So I think that Elon and others think this too. Art is leading the cultural revolution. He bought Twitter. He got Jack's company back. I think, uh, I don't know if Jack's on the board or whatever. Probably is not allowed to. Maybe there's like a, a two-year um, severance, uh, non-compete. I don't know. Well, maybe not because he's doing Blue Sky. But whatever. He he basically is, Jack was very instrumental behind funding Apollo, the fund that helped buy out Twitter. And this is this is a cultural reset. And this is ultimately how we went, right? Spreading these ideas and having an honest conversation and not being gaslit and calling the mainstream globalist media on their shit because we have truth on our side. Yeah, I want to pull on a thread of something you kind of mentioned there about the boomers and stuff kind of just believing and accepting all this stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, because, you know, my parents kind of say, oh, yeah, government's corrupt. and But then they don't follow up that with anything and they still like but you should vote for the next you know paul oh, we gotta you know the typical thing we all know i think i don't know how old you i think you're a couple probably a couple years younger than me um, I'm, I'm a few I'm years 30. younger what's that uh, just a few yeah, yeah i'm 34 and um i think and and we're both way more radicalized than the average millennial but i think there's a distinct difference in the way that our generation kind of views the world and and will continue to view it and react to things that are going on is it like the millennials just don't accept the official statements as much as everybody else and like i'll speak for my you know my age i was i was kind of, i don't know why this popped into my head today but um i was kind of thinking about this when the year 2000 came there was the whole Y2K thing and oh, the world's going to end because computers can't figure out the difference between the year 1999 and, or 2000 and 1900. And, you know, everything's going to go up and and up in smoke. And once, you know, so they, they tried to like scare us into this thing that ended up being just total nonsense and bull crap. Um, But like before that, let me, let me say this before that the nineties were awesome. It was awesome to grow up in the 90s. The 90s were wild. And it was just like, you know, the country was doing well and you were just didn't have a care in the world and you know, everything, you know, there all this cool stuff going on. And it was just, it was, if, if, you, if you grew up in the 90s, you know what I'm talking about. If you didn't grow up in the 90s or you didn't experience the 90s and unfortunately you don't know what i'm talking about you just have to take my word for it that the 90s were wild and it was awesome to grow up in that um and then you have y2k which is the uh, you know trying to screw up with your with your the way your your life is and then right after that you've got 9-11 and the terrorist attacks and ever since that point because that was the first thing that actually like stuck and held 
and it's stuck and held for a while. And then you have all this other stuff kind of happen after that. So the millennials, especially for someone who's in their like mid-30s like me, who experienced and have that memory of the 90s and this idea of like kind of like freedom and like prosperity and doing whatever and not caring about all this political stuff. And then ever since then, ever since 9-11 and even before that with like the, the Y2K stuff, we've just been pummeled, just nonstop pummeling. And then I remember I was in college and the housing crash happened and everything else. And I remember my freshman year. My freshman year was uh, 2006, 2007 of college. And it was after the economy wasn't doing well. And I remember they were, I remember teachers saying, well, the economy's not doing it right now. But, you know, in a couple of years, by the time you guys graduate, it'll be fine. You'll have no problems getting jobs. Well, four years go by. And it was freaking tough to get a job and it was tough and things were terrible and our entire from like you know early teenage to now because we went through all the covid stuff we've just been sitting millennials have just been standing there just getting pummeled in the stomach just punch after punch after punch in the stomach and so now all these elitists and the official people are going to try to tell us, oh, this is what's going on after our entire, like, even before adult life, like after adolescence, teenage life, through adulthood, all we've been has been pummeled and beat up. When the boomers told us the story that they grew up with, that all you have to do is just get a halfway decent job, throw your money in the stock market without knowing anything, and you're golden. Like they had it pretty easy. And they told and they told us that, like, oh, just do what we did and you'll be fine. Well, we tried doing what they did, and we got given a load of crap. So I think that, you know, you're you're the millennials are now, we're starting to get into our prime. When you're in your 30s, like, that's when you hit your prime. That's when you've, like, you've been work in, in the working world for a while, that you've developed, you've pretty well developed your skill set, and also just you've developed a confidence as an adult, or I'll speak as a male. I, I don't, you know, uh, you know, this is a whole other, you know, thing, men versus women and how different we are, but whatever. But as a man, I'll say this, I'll speak as a man, um... Like, I've noticed in my early 30s till now, I've, like, developed a, just way more confidence in myself as who I am as a person um, and who I, who I am professionally and in my job. And, like, I am— I keep hearing ready. life gets so much easier in your 30s, so I'm hoping for that. You're not even in your 30s yet? No. I'm, I'm 28, so— Oh, wow. You're when I was six, you were twice my age. Yeah. Okay. So you probably don't remember much about Y2K and or even maybe. No, I kind of envy like growing up in a time of prosperity. But again, like I was, I was seven when 9/11 happened. So I mean, I don't know. I was a fucking kid. So I wasn't. Yeah, you didn't. I, I paying attention to any of that. So I, but I remember it and kind of understanding very loosely the the impact that it was that it had. Um, but um. Yeah, when you hit your 30s, 
generally speaking, or at least in my experience and a lot of my peers' experience, like you, do, like you take it an additional step, and um, and so now we're like, all right, I'm not willing to take crap anymore, and like, all right, I'm now in a position where I have a lot more power and control in the company I work at. I have a lot more influence in in my life. So like and we're still young enough that Wait, is like, is it like a vibe to... like Moxie just like coming off of you that people notice and yeah, people like respect weird. it it's... or is it a persona? Is it what is it? Because this sounds like some um um I don't know, I'm trying to think of an author that wrote like he wrote the game or like the 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 day game like pickup book or just I don't know. It's that kind of vibe I'm getting. I think it's just you have enough experience in life that you're able to turn that into like, all right, I've seen this over and over again. I'm confident in what I, in myself and yeah. what I believe and what I want to do. And so, you know, confidence is everything. And so, and so we're at this point where it's like, all right, like we're pretty confident in ourselves and what we what we can do and and what we're seeing and it's like and also with that just comes I'm done. I'm done with this. And also because we've just been beaten up for the last 15 20 years, 20 years basically, we've just nothing but beaten up. Even though we've been told, "Oh no, just it's just it's also it's your fault. It's your fault. You're a stupid lazy millennial and not to say that there aren't plenty of there are plenty i'm guilty of it at times like sure we all are but like but the boomers never understand like the silver that they lived in a bull run for their entire lives like plenty of people in the bitcoin space talk about this too and when you actually have like like i i'm not like a ta technical analysis guy but when you actually have like the 10 year like yield curve start to fucking flatten out and people just can't, you know, buy low, so high bullshit that you're talking about. Uh, yeah, like the game changes and you have a proper repricing of shit. And your mortgage, or not mortgage, like the value of your house is going to be cut in half and you're going to fucking deal with it. Uh, sorry, Mr. Homeowner. If anything, I should be jealous in your position. But regardless, this is the wake-up call that millennials and boomers should and will deservedly and out of their own good receive finally. Yeah. So I guess the whole point I'm trying to make is that like millennials we're we're kind of, we're, we're really hitting our stride as adults and, and we're just like, we're done with it. And we don't believe we have the overall, I think have the 10. And I think there's been studies on this. I remember hearing something that like millennials are like the least likely to accept the official stories of what they're told. That's great. They've been lied to. Ter- like, they're not even good lies our entire lives. And so we're just like, no, this doesn't seem right. We're just going to kind of, all right. And, and so I, I can see how, like, Zoomers are also maybe in our same category, but although yes. they, yeah, but every, I think it's half and half or maybe even, like, worse. Because they they've all been TikToked and indoctrinated, but I also like my brother is a 
interesting specimen of a human being and he doesn't take shit and he's like a troublemaker and he asks questions and all of like the good like arguably libertarian traits that you would want mm-hmm. but um and, and and you kind of assume that they have that savviness with technology maybe i know like i can't speak for all of them i'm actually like on like the millennial zoomer cusp like on that year so i sometimes i think fall into like mental tendencies of uh, zoomerism but um it is it's hard to say like where do you think they are because they haven't witnessed like the y2k or the 08 crisis if anything like they were in, in high school when the 2020 march 7th thing collapsed uh, if they were even in high school. So I, I'm hoping that like, you know, the children will lead the way and they are, are the future. Um, how fucked are they? I guess is my question. How, what do you think? I tend to agree that they're more likely on our side and I don't need, I, and I'm not saying this isn't like, Oh, you know, 90% of them think this way. I'm talking about like if 20% of them think this way, that's like a major yeah there's definitely a predator distribution in in everything yeah and so like we don't need we don't need majorities of people here we just need enough um yeah i mean it's tough for me to try to live in their shoes because i (laughs) i know i've got like you know fellow engineers where i work with um they're like 10 years younger than me they don't get most of my references and i feel so old (laughs) but no one ever tells you how how fast getting old happens. It's amazing. But um, um, no, what I was gonna say was that I I feel like just applying what I just said about millennials is that like their entire existence has just been like insanity. Their entire existence of like being able to observe the world with some amount of ability to analyze it and, and kind of see what's going on and and how what they observe is contrary to what they've been told and expected yeah because they're they're close enough to being little kids that they're told all of the things that like the normal things that you tell little kids like all of the good values and the things about how the world works and you know treat others well and then like they go from childhood into adolescence and teenager and and, and early adulthood and it's just Everything that they've just been told very recently is just flipped on its head and just absolutely insane, like just freakishly insane, that there's no way that they're not going, what? Like, what in the world? Um, I don't know. That's just kind of my, uh, it's, it's. And, and that's probably based mostly on induction of seeing how a lot of the uh, the Zoomers are acting. I'm kind of backing into that, mate. Backing into that conclusion, maybe. But um, I think it's certainly good that they just seem to not care about stuff in a good way. Yeah, that they just they're like, yeah, we're just rejecting this. Like, oh, you should care about this, and they're like, ah, whatever. We just want to have fun. Like, yeah, I think that's I, a very good trait. Is people just like ah, whatever. I just want to have fun. Yeah, I think that I, 
again, my brother's a unique specimen, but I think him and his friends, and really anyone that has a fucking brain, can call bullshit on a lot of the indoctrination because it's it's ridiculous. Whether it's and again, I I just sound like a boomer with all this assumption, but like whether it's critical race theory or like whatever, they're completely outlandish and it's just logical how that doesn't really fit into reality or what life should be and how it's just a joke. So hopefully I'm not being overly optimistic with that. No, the, the, the funny thing about boomers is that they will like, they'll talk the talk. They'll like, they'll, they'll talk about what's right and, and, and wrong. And, and, you know, so oh, there are so much corruption and everything because they're, their parents generation, like, actually live that kind of thing and they understood it well. And so they imbued that sort of stuff onto the boomers, but the boomers just experienced just such a better, you know, system that when you actually specifically attack it, um, they're kind of like, then they have to defend it. Um, they're, they're very good at, at kind of like grandstanding generic general ideas but when you want to point out something like, yeah, and Social Security is a bad program, it's like, whoa, all of a sudden when it's when it's practical applications of it, it's like, you know, they start rolling out every single excuse in the book about why, oh, well, or, or why, you know, yeah, politicians are corrupt. Oh, yeah, of course they're corrupt. And it's like, yes, and the guy you're voting for is corrupt. Wow, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, yeah, it's all very interesting. And, um yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's funny how like you can paint large swaths of people and like generations as like kind of together or like have a certain way of thinking, while it's it's there's so much nuance within it and so much difference. But like overall, you know, there's very clear pictures painted up yeah. along that. I mean, it, like, it, it's culture, right? And politics yeah, is yeah, downstream exactly. from it. So you, you can paint, like, a broad brush, right? It, it's just, like, you have a generation in high school, but you have all the cliques within it, but all those cliques are still influenced by the culture around them that they grew up, and they're familiar yes. with it. And that culture forces them into making similar trends. Yeah, Not trends. Like, they don't make uh, trends. Well, I guess you can be a trendsetter. Sorry, I'm getting autistic. No, it's like it's like a river. It's like a flowing river, and you got a bunch of people in it, and it's like yeah, yeah. they're all flowing together in the same direction. But some of them—they're all unique leaves in the river. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, fuck you, Zoom. I hate you. I, I mean, know. She's got the ten-minute timer again. I think we can almost wrap this up in ten minutes. Uh, yeah. I mean, fuck. I don't know, dude. I mean, uh, I from finding Tom in that community and just learning even more than, like I say, Bitcoin is education that I never received in college, and I think that it's just gotten better and better and better, like year after year. Well, let's let's rewind or maybe go back to finding libertarianism and then Bitcoin. And then like this last year, it's 
the more I learn, the more optimistic I actually get. And it's really being able to zoom out and rational incentives of the players at at hand and um TLDR I can't stand the fucking doom porn on on Twitter or anywhere and it's coming from multiple generations it's coming from the boomers and the gen x and the millennials and the zoomers cuz it's just so easy to fall into that nihilism and just apathy and and uh like probably social media has something to do with it but it's because of social media i found like all the white pills here and people are just so stuck in their ways be them boomers or not that they think they know enough to just sit there and bitch and it makes them feel better because misery loves company when there is so much more nuance at hand and we actually have a way out of this and that's why I think it's important to have all these conversations and different outlets to, again, get these ideas into the zeitgeist and make people think optimistically. Because, like, <laughs> and I was just, like, texting my mom, like, a minute ago. But she told me growing up, attitude really is everything. And having a positive attitude completely changes your outlook on life and your approach. It's like, put, put good in, get good out sort of thing. And if you can trickle those little white pills into the zeitgeist and you spread that information like a Gutenberg press, like that is how we all win. It, as cheesy as it sounds, it really is mind over matter. So I want a white pill Christmas this year. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's an important message because I completely agree with it. You know, a lot of it's this this has been complaining about stuff. But um, I mean, we have the greatest tool that we've ever, we've ever been given in Bitcoin. And I think a lot of people fall into this trap of self-pity and feeling sorry for themselves because it's easier to do that. You know, this nihilism e and, and feeling bad for yourself is easy to do because it's extremely comfortable. comfortable. Because when you externalize all of your problems, then you take any sort of accountability away from yourself. Yes. And it's always, well, there's something else going on that I can't control it and blah, 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 blah. But like, no, like you have to take extreme accountability and every situation. Now, I get it. There are certain things that are out of your control. You know, like a bullet could fly through the window and hit me in the face and kill me right now. You know, what am I going to do about that? But for your day-to-day -day life and most things that happen in that day-to-day -day life, you have way more control than you probably give yourself credit for. And so when you, you know, when something goes wrong or doesn't go your way, reflect on it and say, what could I have done to have improved that situation? And maybe you didn't have the knowledge or the information or the ability to, to get out ahead of it to, to, to make it different. But now that this thing happened, now you've got some experience there and you can say, okay, I didn't recognize these things that were going to cause this problem, but now I, now I can recognize it a little bit better. So what do I have to look out for? So there's always an opportunity for you to take accountability and say, what could I have done to have made this problem not happen? Because you can't rely on other people because let's face it, everyone's just worried about themselves. No one's out there other than your mother 
Like, no one's out there wondering, like, ooh, I wonder if Rollo's okay. I wonder if, you know, he needs help with anything. Like, everyone's focused on themselves, and that's not, like, I'm not I'm not saying they're selfish or, or stupid or anything like that. It's I'm not criticizing them for it. It's, it's, it's how we all act as humans. And so you can't expect other people to be constantly looking out for you because they don't have, none of us have the capacity to, to do that. And so, you know, take control of your own life. Stop worrying about things that you have less control over. And that's why politics is such poison, especially politics on like a national level, because you're going to go, oh, you're going to go out and vote. You're going to be one out of 100, 200, 300 million people that are going to that are going to vote for something. And you think that matters and you're going to spend all this time worrying about it and doing all this stuff. And you're going to be one out of 100 million people. And you think that matters? No, focus on things that you actually can have an impact on so you can actually affect, uh, you know, affect change in your life. And that'll start helping you build confidence and, and improving your outlook on stuff when you actually focus on things that you can have, you know, move the needle on. So, and I think that's where Bitcoin comes in and just gives us an absolutely wonderful tool because fiat is the system, is the is 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 the tool that the state uses to control everyone and everything and if you separate yourself from that and say you know what i am going to participate in the fiat system as little as i possibly can and adopt bitcoin so i actually have control over you know the the output of my production then that just right there gives you the ability to just like not let someone else just totally railroad you. And, you know, no one else can inflate your Bitcoin. No one else can take the Bitcoin from you. You know, it only moves like that. That is so empowering right there. And when you experience that empowerment, you're going to want to experience that empowerment in other aspects of your life. So you're going to start taking control of your private keys, not just when Bitcoin, but you're going to take control of your private keys in other aspects of your life. I love it. And that's the true meaning of Christmas, folks. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, this is great. Well, I'm glad. Also, like the Savior being born and everything, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, dude, I'm, I'm glad we could cap it off with some with some optimism. That's great. Yes. People need to uh, just uh, center themselves and center, uh, realize the, the real things that matter in life is uh, responsibility in your loved one's all that cliche shit that I won't list off because I, I'm tired and I can't think of it at all. But Rello, this is great. I'm glad that we could keep the tradition strong. We we did. We went through a whole presidential uh, uh, term as as far as <laughs> how long we've been doing this. This is great. Rello Rello Gibson, 2024. Let's go. Let's do it. Sweet dude. Where can where can people find you and and what you do? Yeah, so uh, McFlewell.com is the website where we have the uh, the podcast, and we used to write a lot of blogging and stuff, but every once in a while we put it there. But uh, Rollo and Slappy Show, you can find it there or any of your podcatchers. Uh, I'm active on Twitter, at Liberty Mugs is the handle because, uh, you know, Rollo McFlewell got killed by a tranny. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a ways, ways to find us. Um, but, and, and, and Phil, thank you so much. Um, Thanks for having me on. This was a uh, this was a really really fun episode, and uh, we dug into stuff that 
I don't normally get into. So it was it was it was fun, fun to to kind of stretch my uh, stretch stretch out of my wheelhouse on things. That's great, man. I'm glad I could be your uh, your rage room. <laughs> okay, folks. Uh, as always, own your failure, because God knows our so-called parasite lizard people do not. Salutations and Merry Christmas. Amen. Cubehole Podcast is brought to you by the Bitbox O2 Hardware Wallet by ShiftCrypto.ch. If you want to save your skin and get your coins off the exchange and not suffer as many others have as these crypto exchanges are blowing up and people are losing their Bitcoin, then be wise and get yourself a Bitbox O2 Hardware Wallet. Secure your own keys on your signing device. Use the code BMS to get 5% off on all Shift Crypto products. And if you're tired of hearing these ads, you can head on over to qpaul.substack.com to listen to my podcast ad-free. Thank you.